Welcome to Coffee Talk with Liquid Shano 1973. And now your host, me, Shane Lakita. Good morning, folks. Here we are again. We're on another episode of Coffee Talk with Liquid Shano 1973. This is the 5th of June, 2019, and you're here with me to sit down and talk about things, talk about life, talk about journey, talk about ups, downs, overs, unders, all those good things. So thank you so much for joining me. Again, I'm your host, Shane Lakita. Just a little bit of a snapshot. I just want to give it to you real quick because I think that there's a lot of people that are just joining or newer folks that haven't listened to the podcast before. But just to give you a little bit of a snapshot of what my journey looks like here, and this is the reason why I'm on a microphone talking to you guys about the journey, about health, about trying to be able to battle through all the things that are thrown our way, whether it comes to life situations or whether it comes to food situations or whatever it is, here I am with you us together trying to be able to make things happen. So first of all, here, here's the story that I have as me, as Shane Lakita, about, I'd say about two and a half, three years ago or so, I was topping out at around 300 and close to 70 pounds total. And I had gone to my doctor, sat down with my doctor, and we had had this long conversation around what we need to do. And, and my blood pressure was going up. It was becoming skyrocketing, screaming really high. I was pre-diabetic. I had all these issues going on. I had thyroid issues. I had all kinds of stuff that was happening to me that literally I was looking at it going, okay, I'm a victim. I'm a, It's hereditary. It's something that I'm looking at. The fact that I'm always going to be absolutely huge, if not bigger, I should belong on one of those TLC shows where I'm 600 pounds. I just felt really down about myself. I was in a really, really low moment in my life. And so what I decided to do then was, is like many other times in the past, I had tried different ty- type of diets, right? I tried to be able to float down the road of trying to do low carbs. I did try to calorie count. I tried Atkins. I tried to do all kinds of different things that were there. And some were successful, to be honest with you, and some weren't. And But a lot of times the ones that were successful ended up being non-successful because I then took my foot off the pedal and I then became complacent and lazy and put the weight back on. And the next thing you know, I was right back to the beginning section of where I was before. So basically I needed to do something to save my life. And I have a now at this time, I have an just about 14 year old son and I've been married for almost 20 years. So I knew that I know that I need to be able to sit back and look at what are important to me, Why do I need to do this? It isn't just about me, right? It's about others that rely on me and others that depend on me to be able to do so. So I decided to be able to focus through and I went on some different types of things that I was trying to be able to do, especially with uh, walking and exercise. So I started to incorporate walking in with my whole entire routine. Pretty much every day that I was doing it, I started to shave off a little bit of weight here and there. And then I incorporated the weight loss plan called Weight Watchers and I incorporated that in with my program. And I was able to lose a lot of weight, a substantial amount of weight, about 100 pounds over a lengthy period of time. And it wasn't just an overnight thing. So it was a good weight loss for me and something that I need to do because if I lose weight really fast, I gain weight really fast, if not faster. So for me, I went on the program, I did it. I was I was really, really focused and I was really moving all the way through. 
Well, then life happens. I lost about 105 pounds. I was I was moving the right direction and everything else. And then things happen. Family issues happen. Different things happen in life. And then you try to be able to navigate through. And then they change the plan. They change the program to a different type of mentality or a different type of mindset that you have to do when you are talking about things like free foods and talking about things like zero points for certain things and all this different stuff. And no knocking it because it works for a lot of people, right? A lot of people it works for. But for me, this was a curveball that I did not need in my life because of all the different stuff that was going on. So I've got all this other drama going on. I got the change of plans going on. I'm trying to stay focused. And here I am on the podcast with you to be able to sit down and talk about that and be able to walk through that portion of the journey where I needed to talk about when I was on the downs and when I was also on the highs. And so this podcast really helps to calibrate my mindset, calibrate the way that I feel about things, calibrate the way that you guys feel with me, and we're in this together. You know, I'm struggling. I struggle all the time. We, we all do. We all struggle. We go through our ups and our downs. And really, I don't want the podcast to be just about the struggle because that's not really what it's all about. It's about the journey. It's not about just, you know, oh, man, this is what happens when this happens or, you know, this is what you need to keep your eyes out for and all this other stuff. It's about the journey in general, the ups and the downs. So I want to celebrate in certain things, but I also need to talk about things that are bugging me and on my mind. So this podcast gives me the forum and the ability to be able to sit down with you in an intimate setting and just talk about things and just have a conversation and maybe pick your brain about the journey that you're on or pick the brain of some successful folks and with the things that they've done that they've been successful with that I can learn from and I can really pick the brain of them and then also share best practices on both ends to be able to talk about our story and open up the books and the chapters of our lives to be able to understand each other and really take a look at the human psyche of where we're at and what we're trying to be able to accomplish. And it's not just about the weight. It's a lot about what's up there in this this cranium of ours, in this this melon, in this gourd that I have sitting on top of this these shoulders. What happens up there? That's the real details. That's the real work when you can dig into that and navigate through the little caverns and, and different turns and all the different things that go on in the brain of ours. That's where you can really find where the magic can happen because if you can get right with that, you can get right with anything. So again, thank you so much for joining. That's a small little snapshot of what Coffee Talk with Liquid Chain 1973 is all about. That's my journey and the struggles that I go through and then also some of the celebrations that I've had with you along the journey and all along the way. One of the other things I wanted to share with you real quick is that the podcast is going to change a little bit here in the upcoming months. What I am, what I did do is through the patrons that I actually have that have donated funds and money towards the podcast itself, I've actually bought a brand new microphone to be able to interview people and to be able to move forward. I bought a new amplifying modulator or an amplifier that's in that goes from the microphones into the computer so that way we can record at a really high quality level because I don't want to be talking through little tin cans or over the phone where it really kind of sounds tough sometimes whenever you're having interviews over phones. So I wanted to be able to incorporate a brand new microphone, a new feel to the podcast, not only with me talking to you in the microphone, because I'm still going to do a lot of that because this is what's important to me, but I'm going to do interviews with people that I feel have been through stuff or that can share best practices or stories that they have that they can paint the picture of what their journeys really look like. 
And it doesn't have to be just weight related. It can be anything from beating cancer or doing things like never exercising before and then now becoming a bodybuilder, <laughs> whatever it is. So there's different ways to be able to incorporate stories. And I'm also going to bring on other podcasters and other people to be able to just converse with and, and and broaden my spectrum with the community. So I wanted to share that with you about Coffee Talk with Liquid Shano 1973 because I think that that's a really exciting thing that we're going to be doing moving forward, but I wanted to share that with all of you, okay? So I have my coffee cup in hand right over here. It's got the, I actually use the silk almond creamer that, uh, that my wife bought for me, and I love it, the almond milk creamer. And I use a little bit of that with my coffee. I got it in the cup. It's steaming. It's hot. And we're going to go and get this whole podcast started. So I, I'm going to take the picture for you real quick. It's, it's a really quick snapshot of my last night. Uh, <laughs> so this podcast is all based on experience, right? It's all based on what we go through and where we've been and what we're doing and, and all those good things. So as I talked about in that nice long intro, <laughs> if you stuck around for more than the eight minutes or whatever it was to be able to listen to what the podcast is all about, I appreciate you for sticking around. But I wanted to give a good good picture to paint for all those folks that are first timers that are just listening to this podcast for the first time. So Last night, I'm watching some reality television. I shared this morning on Instagram and on Facebook and different posts that I uh, that I put out there, different social media platforms. I was watching some reality television. Now, now mind you, I, I don't watch reality TV. I just don't. I I, I feel like it just it, it makes me dumber as I watch it. But no, no offense to anybody that watches reality television, but for me, it's just not my cup of tea. I like to watch things that are that entertain my brain, might challenge me to think differently or whatever. And so I was watching. It. I was kind of in that mode of just relaxing for the evening, and and I was watching some some stuff. And w one of the shows that was on there was it was a song show, and basically. What they were doing was that these contestants were stepping up and they were they were songwriters and they basically sat up and they they showed what their song was that they wrote and they they pitched it to some famous people that were out there and they worked together in conjunction with each other and they came up with whatever the hit single might be and it was kind of cool to watch the creative process of how they were going to put this together to create beats and different rhythms and different stuff like that and being a songwriter, one of the biggest things that you do is you have to put yourself out there to be able to talk about specifically the creative process of where you're at. So what does the song mean? What kind of meaning does it have behind it? Or what message are you trying to tell? And different stuff like that. So it was really cool to watch these folks do that. So that that's a side note. If you get a chance to check it out, uh, it was on last night. So just go and take a look at whatever you can to be able to see exactly what that show is all about. So anyway, the person that they were pitching it to made a comment last night, and he was talking about how he flipped a little bit of the lyrics around, and the song itself was called Impossible. So he wanted to be able to talk about, even though it seems impossible, it's all about being possible, and I'm possible, okay? So I posted this morning. I went on. I was inspired this morning for Coffee Talk, and I, I, I hunkered down and went on to Google and took a look at some different pictures that were out there around impossible and possible and the words that are mixed between the two because you know we live in this society that's all built around what we can't do sometimes and what we can't accomplish and what how we're going to fail and all those things 
So I really was inspired by just a really quick snapshot of words that he had used. So basically, I went in this morning and I took a look at it. And so I, I posted it, but I really wanted to talk to you guys about it a little bit because at the end of the day, okay, so let's take a look at it. The word impossible. It has such a negative meaning. It has such a negative connotation behind it. That's impossible. I can't do that. These words that are just negative in general, and it gives us the feeling that we aren't going to be able to achieve the things that we want to be able to accomplish. And, wh and why do we do that? I think the reason is, if you look at it in the grand scheme of things, the reason that we try to tell ourselves that's impossible or that's unattainable or that goal is something that I can't achieve or whatever is because we get into protective mode. We get into the mode of here I am protecting myself from failure, from falling down, from feeling the pain and suffering or feeling the pain of not succeeding in the direction that we want to succeed in. I mean, we're taught from when we're little kids, as we all know, and I've talked about before, when we're little kids, we're trained by our parents a lot of times to, you can achieve all the things that you want to, but when we start to stretch ourselves out there and really start to extend our goals and to become bigger and grander and, and a little bit more risky in those kind of things, what happens to parents? It's natural. It, it's okay for parents to do this, but what do parents do? They tend to hunker down and give us the outcome that could happen because they want to protect us and let us know that if you do fall and fail, I want you to be protected and to know that there's a possibility that you could fall and fail. Now, is this right or wrong? No, I, I, I can't answer that. I, I really can't. But what I will tell you is, is if we're trained that way in our brains as kids, that we can't go for the really big goals and the really big accomplishments, and we look at things as being impossible or unattainable or unachievable, all that does is set us up for failure moving forward. And all we do is fail because we're, we, we build this, this image of what we can't accomplish rather than what we can. And we're not told enough when we're younger. And this is just my view, and this is where I'm at with it, because there are different parents that do different things. Some parents look at you and say, you can achieve whatever you want to achieve, and I'm going to give you everything possible for you to be able to go for it. And some parents live in that not pessimist world, but they live in the protective world. And then there are some parents who are just big butt faces, and they basically say, uh, you know, you can't accomplish those kind of things. So let's not even think about that and move down this road. Because you want to give the feeling of hope to your kids to be able to accomplish those. So when I was growing up, I always heard, you can achieve whatever you want to, but be careful with this or be careful with that or are you sure you want to do this or the devil's advocate side of it to be able to think of what the other side of the coin is or what could happen if you don't succeed in those things. So not that that was good or bad or indifferent. What that was is, is it trained my brain to always be the pessimistic side, to always be the devil's advocate to always think of the other side of the coin. And so I got in protective mode myself with whatever I was trying to be able to do. So when I got out of the military, you know, I don't know, almost 20 years ago, when I got out of the military, here I was getting out, I wanted to be able to, and it was uncomfortable, man, it was awkward, it was weird, it was like, I, I, I've been under this umbrella of the military for these amounts of years, but I knew the risk that I was taking to be able to get out because I wanted to be with the wife that I now have for those 20 years, so basically, I wanted to take the risk to do it, to step out of my comfort zone to go and do that, and achieve goals that I wanted to accomplish that I might not have been able to accomplish while I was in the military. 
military because, you know, we do things like we travel, we go overseas, we're on tours. If wars that break out, we're involved in those conflicts or whatever it is. And those are the kind of things that I knew that I was faced with. So to go from being protected for 10 years or 11 years in the military to then flipping the script to not being protected and being vulnerable and being out there, what happens? A lot of times you self-doubt. And you tell yourself, I, I, I had many conversations with myself to say, I can't do the things that I want to do because, you know, the world is filled with all kinds of crazy stuff. I've had the protection of the military. I've had a paycheck that's been consistent. I've had full benefits. I've had all kinds of stuff that's gone on with the military. Now I'm going to have to look at things like insurance. And I have to look at things like going out there to try to find a regular civilian job. These are all weird things for me. But I knew that if I wanted to become creative and do the things that I wanted to accomplish in life, I knew that that was one of the things that I had to do for me personally. Because to live in the confines of the military, it was something that I knew that I wasn't going to be able to spread my wings the way that I wanted to because the military, although be it, I believe that everybody should have a little bit of experience with the military because you grow up fast and you learn how to support your country and fight for your country and those kind of things, which is a personal view of mine. But when you look at those things, they do clip you and they limit you onto the creativity and the things that you wanted to be able to accomplish. So all these different steps that I did after I got out of the military, I was thinking to myself, the grand scheme of things, the big goals that I wanted to accomplish. Maybe I wanted to go to college. Maybe I wanted to go and get my degree and achieve things scholastically that I wanted to be able to accomplish. But I'll tell you, in school, I wasn't that great in high school. I wasn't that great when I was in school because I didn't have the attention span a lot of times to be able to sit down and really kind of focus through that piece of it. But I knew that there's something that I wanted to accomplish, and it was a grand, big, huge goal. And nobody in my family, my immediate family, had been to college. So basically, I'd said, okay, so what, what do I do here? I, I want to be able to accomplish these grand, big, huge things. But at the end of the day, financially, and the length of time that it takes, and the fact that it's a really big goal, and I wasn't that good in school, I felt like it was impossible for me to achieve. I told myself, this is something that I don't think that I can do. Because again, I got into that protective mode. I got into the mode of me saying to myself, I can't accomplish this because I don't want to experience failure if I, don't, if I go for it and I, I, I fall down. So I set myself up for, if I fail, it's okay because I expected it. How backwards is that? How backwards is it that you tell yourself, I can't accomplish it because I'm afraid of failure and I'm afraid that I'm going to fail or fall down or not be able to pick myself back up? How backwards is it that you just don't put yourself out there and try to accomplish all the things that you ever wanted to accomplish in your life and you sell yourself short because you don't want to fail flip that, that's so backwards it's so it's not even thinking in a positive fashion where you can accomplish whatever it is that you want to accomplish okay so back to my story here I get out of the military I go through all these different chapters I finally go into school it's online courses it's expensive but I'm going through it I get a little bit from the GI Bill but the GI Bill covers maybe a third of overall expenses for a bachelor's degree I'm up and down. I got pretty good grades. I'm getting there. But then I finally get to the point where I achieve my bachelor's degree. And I'm so proud of myself because at one time I told myself I couldn't do it. So I feel like I'm on top of the world. I get done with the bachelor's degree. I've got that on my wall. I'm feeling really confident. I'm feeling good about that. It's going to help me in my career. It's going to help me in my professional ventures that I want to be able to go and do. And then I think to myself, what about a master's? What about having the comma MBA after my name? Now, 
at the end of the day, I used to think MBAs and titles and those little those little acronyms that might go after names was kind of hoity-toity. But then I thought to myself, why tell yourself that you can't do something because you think the master's is going to be too difficult to accomplish or achieve or go for? It's expensive. Yep, I know. And I'm going to have to dig in and I'm going to have to work full-time, be a dad, be a husband, and then go pretty much full-time to school to be able to achieve the master's. Whoa. That's a monumental task. And then again, that negativity started to kick in and I started to tell myself, nope, I can't accomplish that because it's way too much. It's too much for me to do. I, I, I just, I don't think I can accomplish this. I may fail. Again, masters are really difficult. You got to really know your studies. You got to know what you're talking about to be able to move forward. And it's specialized and you got to focus and you got to really hunker down. I don't think I have it in me. Why would I tell myself that? I already achieved the bachelor's degree working full-time, being a dad, being a husband, working, traveling, all those things. Why can't I accomplish something like a master's degree? It's just the next iteration. It's the next level up from where I'm at. I'm already in scholastic mode. Why aren't I trying to go for that to be better? And it's something that I've always wanted, so why can't I go for it? Why sell? Why was I selling myself short? Why was I telling myself I can't accomplish it? It just didn't make sense. But when you're in the mud and you're in the muck and you're thinking about it, we're always telling ourselves we can't accomplish things, whether it's internal or external. Even if you're the most positive person in the world and you feel like you can accomplish a lot of things and you're focusing and you're moving forward, there's always that little bit of self-doubt and that's human nature. It's what we do. It's, it's a self-preservation mode that we go into no matter where we're at, whether it's small, it's minute, whether, whether it's a small detail towards the overall scheme of things, but there's a little bit of self-doubt that comes in. That's where we got to kick in. That's where we got to dig in to say nothing is impossible. And the reason nothing is impossible, because those exact words, like I shared this morning, impossible spells the words, two words, I'm possible. Anything is possible. Now, I'm a big Celtics fan. If anybody is sports fans out there, I don't know if you're a basketball fan. If you're not a basketball fan, that's okay. But Kevin Garnett used to play for the Boston Celtics. He came over for the Minnesota Timberwolves, came over, brought a championship to Boston. And after he was done and they were the, the confetti was coming down from the rafters, he looks up into the sky and he screams at the top of, the lung, uh, top of his lungs, anything is possible, anything. Basically, what he was trying to say was, if you set your mind to it, you work hard, you bust your ass, and you go do the things you need to do towards the goals that you want to accomplish, anything is possible. Don't ever let anybody tell you that you can't accomplish it, especially you. The one person that should be telling you that you can accomplish whatever it is that you want to accomplish or do the things that you want to be able to do or achieve the goals that you want to be able to achieve should be you. You should be your number one advocate. You should be your number one supporter, cheerleader, rah-rah person on the sidelines, rooting for yourself to be able to shoot for the goal, go for the things you want to. So why isn't that the case? Why do we end up being our own worst critic? Why do we look at ourselves in the mirror and beat ourselves down? Why do we look at the goals that we're trying to accomplish and belittle them and move them down and say, why don't you lower those goals? Because that's really what you're going to be able to accomplish. You're looking for some pretty grand things. Why do you go for the really, really big things just to set yourself up for failure? Why do we do all these things? These are the times where we should be hunkering down, looking at ourselves and saying, no matter what it is you're trying to accomplish, whether it's weight loss, whether it's education, whether it's professional 
whether it's weight gain, whether it's running marathons, whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish, these are the times where we need to hunker down and start to squash and squelch that negative voice that's in our heads. And if you've got it there, like all of us have, this is the key. How do we get in there to shut that down? How do you shut down a voice that's internal that tells you that you've been trained for years and years and decades and decades of being self-doubting or hearing from parents that are, like I said, might have come from a good place, but it's still negative and it's downplaying the dreams and aspirations that you may have? Why can't we get back to the basics of when a kid is really small and they're tiny and they look at you and say, I want to be a fireman or I want to play sports or I want to be a police officer. I want to do whatever. And what do we do? A lot of times we'll look at a kid, maybe not our own kid, but we'll look at a kid and we'll tell them, you can achieve whatever you want to. All you got to do is work hard, study. Now, it might be a canned statement to say that, but why can't we tell ourselves that? Why can't you look at yourself if you have a goal or an aspiration or a dream that you're trying to be able to accomplish, even if it's a, a monetary dream or it's something that you wanted to be able to purchase in life, whether it's a boat or, or a Ferrari or whatever, and you always think it's so far out of reach, but why can't you go accomplish those things? Why can't you set a good plan in place to be able to go and do the things that you wanted to accomplish and stop listening to the negativity all around you? How many times have you set out to do something, whether it's at work or sports or family or friends, especially family, and you say to yourself, I'm going to accomplish the following things, and the first things out of their mouth is, yeah, I've heard that before. Or the first things out of their mouth is, oh, you know, listen, you know, don't set them too high. Like, seriously, you're, you're, you're going to set yourself up for failure. It's amazing to me that they may be coming from a good place because they don't want to see you get hurt, but it's amazing to me on how negative people are about dreams and aspirations. And maybe a lot of times they're not just preserving you or trying to protect you. Maybe they're also self-reflecting and looking at the fact that they never accomplished the things that they wanted to accomplish. So why should you accomplish the things that you want to accomplish? Maybe there's a jealousy factor. Maybe there's actually this level of, you know, you're actually going for it. Really? Well, so I don't have time to do that. And I've got, I'm a family person and I, I, I can't invest in me. So why should you? That's crazy to me, but it's truth. It's human nature. It's the way that we're wired. It's, hu- it's how people are, and people just suck sometimes. They do. I'm just being honest. They just do. Family members especially, when they come at you, like say, for instance, you've been big all your life and you want to lose 100 pounds, and you say, I'm doing it, and you start to talk to people a little bit about what you're dieting or, or, or what you're trying to do or how you're trying to incorporate healthy options in with your eating or incorporating some, some workout routines, and how many of you have been judged or cast aside based on the fact that you're doing those things, or you get the food shaming or the diet shaming. How many have said, oh, yeah, we've seen that before. Oh, you know, you're probably just going to put it all back on really quickly. Or, yeah, keep doing that. You know, you starve yourself. You're going to be whatever. That's not sustainable. All these little things that you hear left and right. And it it just beats you down after a period of time because family members are like that. That's what they do. So to be honest with you, and I know I've said it many times before, if you got to rid yourself of those personalities in your life, in your sphere of influence, in your circle of people that should be supporting you and lifting you up, including you, you got to get rid of them. You got to move them on. Now, I'm not talking about going to get rid of them. I'm talking about removing them from your sphere. They're still your family. They're still people you love. They're still people you'll support, still people you'll stand up for, do all those things. But when it comes to your own personal journey, it is about you 
and you alone. And you've got to get right with that. I know this because I'm talking about from me and my experience. The only times that I'm successful is when I don't listen to others, when I don't compare myself to others, when I right-size my brain and start to squelch and squash the negative talk that I give myself all the time. That's when I know I'm really doing well is because I can look at it and say, screw you, Shane. You say you can't do it? Well, I'm going to challenge you to know that I'm going to continue to push forward that I am going to be able to accomplish, just like getting a bachelor's degree, just like getting my master's and having that MBA after the words of my of my LinkedIn profile. <laughs> Whatever it is that I set my mind to, I know when I'm in a good spot because I'm pushing forward and I'm digging through the muck, the mire, the noise, all the drama, everything else, and I know I can accomplish whatever it is that I set my mind to. But I got to continue to tell myself that. I got to work at it. I got to continue to elevate my own ego. Now, ego is a good thing and a bad thing, but you know what I'm talking about. I've got to lift myself up high to know that I can accomplish some things to really get through the tough times when they come around. Otherwise, I'm just going to fall really quick and go back to my old habits. But if I can focus on me, and starting to lift me up and starting to build my confidence and build up who I am and starting to squash that negative personality and continue to push forward. Now, now sometimes it may take some assistance, guys. It, it may take you going to get some therapy. It may take you sitting down on a couch and telling people your problems and be able to lay that out there. Maybe sometimes it even takes some medications to be able to get yourself in the right frame of mind. Because as we talk about in society today, there's not enough conversation around mental health, right? Even the, the strongest people have some issues going on. So it may take you going and getting a little bit of help to be able to walk you through that, to be able to have a sounding board to be able to ever, almost like what this podcast does for me as my therapy. And I'm having a conversation around the thoughts that I'm having about me and the journey that I'm on. I hope that that helps you guys out. Remember, the two words that are part of impossible are I'm and possible. Nothing is impossible. If you set your mind to it and you do it, you can accomplish whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish. You can do whatever you set your mind to, okay? Whatever you put goals down on paper, you can accomplish whatever it is. I know you can. You need to believe that. And you need to be a supporter of that. And you need to be somebody that lifts that that goal up and 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 treats it like something you can accomplish and not something that is so grand that you can't accomplish something or some don't don't set yourself up for failure with the negative conversation believe in yourself tell yourself this is what I'm going to do this is what I'm going to accomplish and fight for it and dig in and put your feet in the sand and let's go let's let's put the three point stance on like in football and let's go attack the day and attack the things that we want to be able to accomplish okay so nothing is impossible that's the, that's the theme of this podcast, and I'm hoping it helped you as much as it did me, and it made me think about it when I heard them say that last night. Have a great day, everybody. We'll talk later. Thank you so much for listening to Coffee Talk with Liquid Shano 1973 podcast. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and other social media platforms at Liquid Shano 1973. And if you could do us a favor, pop on over to iTunes and show us some love and leave some feedback there for us. Talk later.